Hello and welcome back to On The Grid podcast in collaboration with Prost International. We're on episode eight. We're closing in on double figures. Um, it's, it's, it's been quite a, quite an eventful journey, but episode eight today, um, I'm the host, Adrian Keita, once more. I'm joined once again by Harvey Todd uh, with Cameron, uh, not with us again, um, quite busy, busy boy. So um, it's just the two of us again. Uh, we'll talk about Turkey being confirmed on the calendar and also St. Petersburg being the host of the Russian Grand Prix. Um, so we'll start off with Turkey, Harvey, um, because it's a track where it was very eventful last year around. Um, it was obviously confirmed, then it was taken off and now it's been confirmed again. Are we happy with, with the addition of Turkey? Because it was a track where it was very eventful many many overtakes wet weather unpredictability i think i think it's a i think it's a good addition uh, to the calendar yeah i mean i've loved turkey for for ages it's you know f1 used to race there growing up um i'm into MotoGP as well they used to race there as well and you know it's it's a great track um i absolutely love it and i am delighted to see it stapled into the calendar not penciled in we've got it in big bold marker pen now it's there and we're going which i'm really excited for i love i love the track i think it's a great track yeah 100 I like, I like the istanbul park is it's an iconic track um throughout the years with f1 so i'm delighted that it is on the calendar um stapled in and also the there's been an announcement from Formula One that St. Petersburg will play host for the Russian Grand Prix instead of Sochi. Um, the track, yeah, Sochi is, is one of those tracks where it's not very eventful unless it's unless it's Lewis Hamilton making a mistake and Valtteri Bottas um, claiming the win, um, like he has done for a, a couple of times now. So, um, but I think it's I think it's a good change uh, from from Sochi to St. Petersburg. Um, it gives us a bit of a Gives us a bit of a different, different track in a sense. Uh, but Harvey, what what are your thoughts? Do you think it's a do you think it's a good change that we're going from to St Petersburg from Sochi? I, I think so. Um, I, I never look forward to Sochi. I think it's probably one of the worst races on the calendar each year. There's nothing really that happens at Sochi. I mean, thinking back to the race last year, I know Bottas won, but apart from that, I can't remember anything. Um, but yeah, St. Petersburg, I had a look at the layout and it does look like a bit of a backwards Paul Ricard, um, which is interesting. Um, and it's a Tilkadrome as well. So I'm unsure. Obviously, you've got a couple of decent Tilkadromes like Sepang and Turkey, but then you've also got the other set, which we, uh, we do not talk about. And I'm hoping it falls into that first category. The hopes, uh, the hopes uh, of every fan um, is that it falls into the category. But um, less of the news, and we'll dive straight into qualifying Q1. Uh, we saw Latifi and the two Hassas come out. Um, Latifi was ever so close. I- I'll mention that Batman again because he's getting ever so close. We said we said last episode, go a bit faster. This episode, are we repeating that? Can you go a little bit faster, Nicholas? Yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for him because I think it would have been really interesting to see what him and Georgie could have done in Q2. Um, yeah, 
Nicholas, again at Austria this weekend. Go a little bit faster. <laughs> I think I think if he if he listens to one of these episodes, I think he's he's got to get some motivation. Like like he did he did burst into the top ten, but obviously got relegated down um, because obviously other other drivers went quicker than him, which was quite unfortunate. But a man that was. We, we class him as kind of, I, I won't say qualifying merchant, but his qualifyings are usually pretty good. Esteban Ocon, only, only 17th fastest. I mean, for an Alpine, with, with Alonso, especially in the top 10, surely Esteban has to bring out his A game sometime soon because his, his teammate, two-time world champion, let's, let's, not, let's not take that away from Fernando Alonso, two-time world champion, is outperforming him, but Alonso has been out of the sport for, for quite a while. Yeah, I, I saw something on social media the other day that ever since he signed that contract, it's everything's sort of gone a bit downhill for him. And it's it's a weird one as well because you know Austria is a decent track for Ocon traditionally, and then to see him not even advance from Q1, it was yeah, it was a weird one, but hopefully. For Esteban, he can uh, right his wrongs this weekend. The thing is with Esteban, he was he was near the he was near the top. I think it was third in in Friday's practice session, and it just kind of just his weekend just kind of fell apart. It just kind of just kind of went downhill. Um, but the bottom five was rounded off by Kimi Raikkonen and two passes of Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin. Um, as those as those fires were knocked out of uh, knocked out of Q one, but moving into Q two, um, Georgie boy, Georgie boy, ever so close. We we mentioned the two. I'm I'm mentioning the Williams drivers here because with with George, it was eight thousandths of a second that separated him um, and a Q three spot for the first for the first time this season. Um, but I think. Personally, I think his lap was very good. Uh, the Williams car is is well, the Williams car on Georgia's side, should we say, is looking very, very handy. Harvey, do we think that it could be it could be a case of time where George is finally able to break into inside the top ten and is able to qualify uh, inside the top ten and move into Q three uh, sometime soon? A hundred percent. I mean, how much did he miss out by eight thousand? It was it was something minuscule, and if you actually timed eight thousandths on a stopwatch, it's impossible because it's that small of a margin. I think it will happen this weekend. I think if everything goes George's way, I think Q three because because Austria is a great track. If you can nail a lap, you you've done well. Um, so yeah, I think if George can. Go a bit quicker, um, he'll, he'll break into that top 10. Hopefully, well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, but also think, thinking about that, he was he was down at the sky pad with, with Fernando Alonso after after they both did their laps uh, in qualifying. And maybe if he, did, if he does take a different line, maybe it could be the key for George Russell to break inside the top 10. But that's that with George Russell in qualifying, set in stone. The Ferrari of Carlos Sainz. We'll move on to we'll move on to Ferrari because Carlos Sainz once more did not break inside the top ten. Um, qualifying wasn't his best. He qualified behind George Russell in P twelve, 
it, it's hard with Carlos because it's a bit it's a bit of hit and miss with him in qualifying. He either does very very well or he does very very poorly. And at the Styrian Grand Prix, it clearly it clearly went to show that it was it was a bit of a a, a poor a poor showing for Carlos. Should we say a, a bit of a bit of a mishit for the Spaniard? I think he's still. I know we said a couple of weeks ago that he's starting to get to grips with it a bit more, but I think he, it's it's going to be a slow process, um, like it is with everyone. I mean, everyone that's switched teams this year, maybe apart from Perez, is still getting to grip with the car relatively. Um, but yeah, I do think Ferrari didn't have the best qualifying themselves, so I don't think it was so much a sign problem. I think it was just a Ferrari problem in general because... They didn't. They didn't. The sorry. The, the duo didn't have a particularly good qualifying session. It wasn't particularly good for another man called Mr. Daniel Ricciardo. Cameron would would be on here as our resident McLaren fan, and he would he would still continue with with uh, Daniel McLaren uh, Daniel Ricciardo McLaren debate of him still not getting to grips on his car. But it's we've had we've had back to back weekends. Let's let's put that into perspective. He's had he's had time. Um, week after week inside that car so there shouldn't be such more of a debate there but maybe maybe the Austrian Grand Prix could be good Harvey what did what did we think of Ricardo because he's he's nowhere near the level of of Lando Norris let's face that but performances surely have to improve with Ricardo it's like like you've just said Lando's doing so well you know He's not finished lower than eighth this season. He's scoring consecutive points. He's well, no, he's scored points every race this season. Two podiums. Then, if you look at Ricardo, he's not finished higher than sixth. Um, his lowest finish is thirteenth at Austria. His qualifying is, I'm going to say, it's atrocious. Um, and for someone like Ricardo, it's totally unexpected. I I am surprised by it, but. Maybe he does need a bit more time. Maybe if he does like a year like he did at Renault, maybe he's able to nail that second year at McLaren, but that only time will tell, I, I suppose. Um, and then rounding off the bottom five was Sebastian Vettel, which his qualifying, qualifying performances are usually in Q2, and he usually does does have a charge back uh, in the race, which he qualified 14th, and Antonio Giovinazzi qualified um, P15. Moving on to moving on to Q3, and your man Max Verstappen was just simply flying. Red Bull have absolutely nailed their car. Austria slash Styria, but this is Styria. Um, but this last weekend's uh, qualifying was just absolutely fantastic. He just went. He just kept on going faster. It was. It, it just blows your mind. How how is it possible? But but Verstappen. Is he going to be stopped anytime soon? That's that's the only question on my mind. And the one-word response, no. He is that qualifying session with Verstappen reminded me. You know when you go go karting, right? It's a weird analogy, but your lap times just get quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. And I mean, if he'd have had an hour, he'd have probably been in sub-minute lap time. You know, it was it was heading that way but I think he was the first driver ever to drop into the 103s at Austria something along those lines but you know 
says it all when you're setting the one o threes. You know something, something's good's happening. It was just, it was just going quicker and quicker and quicker. You just, you just thought like, is he, is he actually going to dip into like the one minute twos, one minute ones? <laughs> like you said, your analogy with the go karts there. I think if you give, if you gave him an hour, he'd probably, he'd probably dip, dip close to the one minutes, which was mind blowing. But um, you've got your man right here. Uh, Hamilton was not able to really challenge, but a man that was, we, we mentioned Ricardo. let's mention the other McLaren of, of Lando Norris, because yes, he did qualify fourth um, and obviously moved up into, moved up into P3 um, after Bottas's grid drop, like Harvey is trying to point, trying to tell me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just shows it just shows the consistency of Lando Norris uh, this year, and I think uh, Johnny Herbert pointed out quite quite remarkably that Lando has matured very quickly, and it's showing in his driving style. It's his qualifiers are consistent, his races are consistent. He's just it's just Mister Consistent, isn't he? Lando Norris is has been he's been spectacular throughout the season, but I mean in that qualifying session, he only got beaten by. In the timing sheets, he was only beaten by the two Mercedes and Max Verstappen. So he's doing something right. Um, I think with, with Norris, with that McLaren, I think he's pushing it as much as he can. I just think McLaren just missing that extra oomph that will get them into that top battle. But I, I don't think that's far away, that, that final oomph. And I think potentially one day, Potentially this season we will see Norris fighting for a race victory. It could happen, and like I said, like I say on every episode, I'm down for it for happening. <laughs> if that's, that's that's a key phrase that I use uh, very often. But another man that that was very impressive in qualifying was Pierre Gasly, P6, and another man that's been very consistent for AlphaTauri because. I swear it's, it's only been one race where he qualified outside of the top 10 this season, uh, which was 12th in, I want to say, Imola, off the top of my head. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been very consistent. And his lap times, obviously being beaten by the two Mercedes and McLaren and the two Red Bulls, Alvatari have shown tremendous progress. And he's, and he's, help them um, to go a very long way. 100%. I mean, I, I really like Pierre and I think he's one of the best drivers on the grid. Um, I know there was talk of him, I think it was post-France, of him potentially moving back to Red Bull, but I think his, I think the best thing for Pierre would be to stay in that Alpha Tauri because look at the results he's getting so far this season. Look at what he's done in qualifying. You know, P6 was a really good qualifying um especially austria you know only beaten by the top the big five of you know your norris cg perez is i think was fourth i want to say um verstappen by us hamilton obviously so he's he's getting the very best out of that car and he, he's sort of propelling it to the top of the midfield really and then to round off um q3 uh, i'll go through the running order so it was verstappen uh, from Hamilton, and then Norris was P3, uh, Bottas P4, Bottas, uh, Perez P4, Bottas P5 after his grid drop, uh, Pierre Gasly in sixth, 
Leclerc seventh, Sonoda eighth, Alonso ninth, and Stroll tenth. But obviously, uh, before before the race began, uh, Sonoda also got a three place grid drop, which relegated him outside the top ten, which saw big boy George Russell inside the top ten. Um, so we go from the, we go from the race start, Verstappen leads uh, in into turn one, which which was very much expected. I mean. It, what else could have happened unless unless you see an absolute dive bomb from Lewis Hamilton? But Hamilton's a very experienced driver and he knows he knows his, his do's and don'ts. Um, but I think I think we go back to Pierre Gasly um, because it's it's a lap one retirement uh, for him really. He tangles with Charles Leclerc, he tangles with Nicholas Latifi, and his afternoon's over. It's all the good work was undone in a matter of in, in a matter of three corners essentially. Yeah, turn one at Austria is always a dodgy one, though, isn't it? Because it, you can take it pretty quick on, on a flying lap, but in terms of a race start, it's one of them that's horrible. It turns into almost a bottleneck, um, similar to perhaps Russia. Um, that first horrible kink thing. Um, and yeah, it, it was a shame for Pierre, because I think he had the pace, as he showed in qualifying and practice, to actually be competitive in the race. Don't get me wrong, I don't think it was going to be podium contention. I think he probably could have broke into the top five, potentially. Who knows? We'll never know. But, uh, yeah, felt bad for Pierre. Yeah, you're right. Well, we will never know um, where Pierre Gasly could have finished. And then, obviously, with his with his retirement, it saw um, Leclerc into the pits to change his front wing and his tyres. He fitted the hard tyre and then... Can we can we just talk about Leclerc just just for a moment? Because my lord, on the hard tires he was flying. Overtake, overtake, overtake. After his first stint, I believe he was he was up to ninth. He was he was flying on the hard tire, and you you've got to commend him. But the th- let's let's talk about the first stint because his overtaking and his manoeuvres showed that Ferrari did have the pace in the race, and what could have happened. If he, if he wasn't to be taken out um, by Pierre Gasly. Yeah. I, like I said with um, Gasly, I don't think it would have been podium contention, but I think I think it would have been a tasty battle between him, Leclerc, maybe Sainz as well, um, maybe Chuck Norris in there as well, as to, you know, that top five battle could have been really, really tasty. Um, like I just said, it's a shame we never got to see it. But what a first stint from Pierre. He, he was he was on fire. The man was literally just all guns blazing, just sweeping people aside. You meant Charles, right? You meant Charles, not Pierre. Oh, did I say Pierre? Sorry, I meant Charles. <laughs> He meant Shaw. He meant Shaw, guys. He meant Shaw. Um, but yeah, um, another man that was that was kind of that was kind of on the charge for, for the top three was Valtteri Bottas. He was determined to to kind of right his wrongs after he got his grid drop there. A, de- a very dangerous spin in the pit lane. I mean, he could have swiped at any of the McLaren crew uh, if he got any close to them, but he was able to control it, and obviously he got the pl- a free place grid drop um, deservedly. Um, Perez and Bottas both overtook Norris with, with relative ease, and then it was essentially down to Bottas and Perez for the final podium position. But 
you've got to feel the you've got to feel for Red Bull kind of kind of thing because their pit stop on the I want to say the rear left or rear right one of it run one of the rear tires was always quite slow which kind of hampered Perez's progress but you got to feel for Red Bull because they could have had a they could have had a double podium right there. Yeah, I think that ultimately did ruin Perez's race a little bit. I mean, you always associate Red Bull with pretty good pit stops and it was just sad to see one go a little bit wrong, a couple of mistakes were made and uh, ultimately it is a race ruiner. I think in modern day Formula One, pit stops are getting that quick. Even if you um, get one a little bit slower by like half a second, it makes a whole lot of difference, doesn't it? Well, they're even planning to slow pit stops down because apparently they're getting too dangerous, which is up for debate, but we'll, we'll leave that debate for another day. Um, and then before before Perez's and Bottas's pit stop was George Russell. You've got to feel bad for the man. He was running he was running an eighth. He goes in for his pit stop. But it's it's not his fault. It's his pneumatic pressure that needed to be topped. He had to retire from the race. But you've surely got to think that running in eighth position near the halfway point of a race, you were thinking, is George going to score his first points for Williams in the last two in for the first time in two years? That was that was one question on my mind. Harvey, were, were you similar? Because I was I was gunning for George to to get those points because ultimately he did deserve it. Hundred percent. I mean, I was I was heartbroken when he uh, when he retired. I mean, uh, it was just such a shame because it probably it would have been his best his, his best finish in Formula One, wouldn't it? Eighth position. Um, just all his bad luck just comes in pit stops, and it's. One day that luck will come for him. And I, I really do hope that this weekend at Austria, he can um, get into Q3, which puts him in a good position to get some points. One thing I did want to mention when we were talking about George is his response on the team radio. This is, I felt it was a really mature, you know, he must have been absolutely gutted I'm going to read you as team radio now. No need to apologise. We're in this together. We go again next week. Um, we get those points next week. Don't worry, guys. George Russell. I love him. No, it was, it was very mature from him. Um, obviously, you, you did kind of hear from his voice that he was kind of heartbroken, but his maturity and his progress that he's gone through this year and last year uh, after the genuine struggles of the Williams team. It's just it's just commendable. It's just fantastic. But we go, we move on to uh, Sergio Perez. He fits on the medium tyre and that man is flying. <laughs> he is flying without wings. You talk about Red Bull. Red Bull gives you wings. It essentially did right there for Perez. It, it benefited him so well, but one lap, one more lap and he would have got there. What do we think of Perez's performance generally? Because I think it was phenomenal. I think it's give him a round of applause. I'll give him for that because he was able to narrow down a 16 sec, a, a 
close to 20 second margin and drop it down to less than one second in the space of what 20 no no not even 20 um yeah about about 16 laps so impressive performance from Sergio it was it was fantastic yeah another bit of credibility I want to just add on to your point there is you say 16 laps a, a lap around Austria is so short you know it's a third of a lap of spa, well, not a third of a lap, but you know, you, you know, you compare that to spa or a longer circuit. He's done really well. And I think, like you've just said, one more lap or the pit stop going a little bit smoother, he would have probably got onto the podium. And I feel bad for him. However, fourth place is still a, a very um, commendable position. And I think he was, um, yeah, I think that puts him in good stead to hopefully break into the podium. Next week, well, this week. Yeah, this week we are recording on the Wednesday and you most likely hear this on the Thursday evening um, as, as you're driving home or whatever. Um, but look, we'll go back to Leclerc because his second stint, yet again, was fantastic. It was phenomenal. Finishing uh, P7 uh, just behind his teammate Carlos Sainz in sixth. But we, we said that Ferrari, yes, the qualifying was quite bad but the race pace was there they could have science did say that if he was able to maybe lap uh, maybe unlap himself uh, from Hamilton a bit quicker he could have chased after Norris because he was only what I think it was like seven seconds behind Lando and thinking thinking back to to lapping um, to unlapping himself from Hamilton he was stuck behind behind uh, the seven-time world champion for quite a while so what do we think Ferrari could do this weekend. Now, I'm not. I'm not predicting anything, and we'll move on to predictions a bit later. Later on, but if they if they're not stuck in the dirty air, I think they could do some damage. Yeah, same. I mean, I think there was the pack um, that was just a huge peloton almost, wasn't it? Um, I think it does normally happen around Austria that we do get that big pack that just sort of follow each other around and nothing really happens. Um, I think if, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Leclerc did a fantastic job to get back up to seventh from obviously what happened at the start. Um, but yeah, I think Ferrari overall, they couldn't do that. They couldn't punch out that solid lap. You know, they couldn't do that. They couldn't give that knockout blow. However, they just kept, doing the little body shots if we're making sort of boxing references they were doing them little body shots little jabs here and there and then you know they ended up doing pretty well in the end so in this episode um we've had go-kart references and now we've had boxing references we're talking about a formula on <laughs> but i commend that analogy it was it was very good uh, from the two ferraris to get themselves uh, especially Carlos Sainz to get himself from outside the point from outside the points in P12 from qualifying to get himself up to P6. Um, but Verstappen, we'll go back. To, we'll go to the race leader because he was 30 seconds ahead of Lewis Hamilton. We're talking about an Austria lap, which is just over 60 seconds, and he was able to grind out that gap to 30 seconds. Yes, Hamilton did pit. But this gap that Verstappen created has been, was the biggest margin around Austria. Uh, a race winner had the biggest gap uh, ahead of second place around around the Red Bull ring. 
it's got to be commendable that Verstappen did an absolutely stellar job. Yeah, he's Verstappen's on cloud nine at the moment. I mean, what's that? Four Red Bull victories in a row now. Probably would have been four Verstappen victories had the um, unfortunate events at Baku not occurred. But nevertheless, he's he's on fantastic form at the moment. I can remember saying after Spain that oh Hamilton will win this. Verstappen's not going to win the championship. And then suddenly, four races later, he's at the top of the standings, 19 points difference. And that gap, I think, will only get bigger as we go on. Um, and that's credit to Verstappen being on absolute fire at the moment. I reckon we could do a debate special uh, in the summer break. If, if anybody listening uh, would want that, we could do a debate special during the summer break as, as a bit of a filler. Um, but I think we leave that debate for another day and we look at the final race standings with Verstappen obviously winning the race with the two Mc, uh, McLarens, I was about to say, Mercedeses of Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas in P2 and P3. Perez narrowly missing out on the podium by just less than a second uh, in P4 with Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, Lance Stroll, Alonso, and Sonoda uh, completing the top 10 with Kimi Raikkonen, Vettel, Ricardo, Ocon, Giovinazzi, Schumacher was able to get himself up to 16th. Big plus for big plus for Haas with uh, the Williams of Nicholas Latifi and Nikita Mazatin, 17th and 18th with Georgie Russell, unfortunately, retiring with alongside Pierre Gasly. But we move on to Austria this time around. Oh, wait, we're back at the Red Bull ring. We don't need to go anywhere because the race is ever same place at the same track around the steering hills uh based in the steering hills shall i say um around the red bull ring but harvey are we, are we expecting maybe maybe the same outcome uh this time around maybe if bottas isn't able to uh, maybe if bottas is not to get a penalty this time around maybe he will be the one challenging uh, max verstappen during the race potentially um but are they using the same compounds this weekend? Are they using the middle range? Or are they going down a set? They're going down a set. Um, so they're going softer? So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it will be relatively similar. I don't think it'll be anything um, too out of the water. But, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a good race once again. Well, a, a decent race. Could we maybe expect a Austria from last season where we saw very, very little cars finish for a race? I mean, would a race like that be be on the cards essentially with with the softer tyres? Because we we saw what happened in Baku. Yeah, uh, was it Magnussen and Kvyat that had tyre issues last year? Um, and then obviously, once again, there was that peloton group that we had. Um, where lots of things happened. Um, Albon potentially had a race win snatched away from him. Um, I don't think we'll get something quite chaotic, but I think it'll be around the same lines. I don't think we'll get 10 cars DNF in, but I think I think it'll be a tasty race. Tasty race indeed. But we'll move on to our top five predictions and... I'll start with the qualifying because 
I generally do think that it could be potentially the same the same qualifying. <laughs> it could be it could be the same qualifying. So I've gone with uh, Verstappen to get pole position with Lewis Hamilton in in P two. I've gone for Valtteri Bottas in P three. Hopefully he doesn't get a penalty this time around. Hopefully he does stay in uh, P three so we can so we can help Hamilton uh, challenge Verstappen. I've gone with my boy Charlie Leclerc to get P four. I'm hoping that that race pace can qualify uh, can flip onto him, bring him confidence, and hopefully he can qualify P four. And I've gone with Sergio Perez in P five because his qualifying haven't been consistent, and maybe it could be it could be a similar. Uh, type of finishing quite in Q3 for Sergio Perez uh, around Red Bull Ring for the Austrian Grand Prix. But Harvey, uh, what are your thoughts uh, ahead of qualifying for the Austrian Grand Prix? You'll be glad to know that I've gone slightly differential um, from your predictions. I've gone Max Verstappen to get pole. I think that's going to be pretty much a given. Uh, Lewis Hamilton in P2. I'm going Lando Norris P3. Perez, P4. I'm going to chuck in Pierre Gasly to get in the top five. Where have you Where have you got Bottas, then? Is, is Bottas, like, not there for you uh, for, for qualifying? Is, is that what you're saying? Bottas is in sixth. If we were doing the top ten, Bottas would be sixth. Okay, okay. That's, that's sensible, that's sensible. But... We'll go back to you for the race. Do you think it could it could be the case of these these drivers staying in, in the same positions? Yeah, my predictions are pretty much a couple of drivers in the same positions. I've got Max Verstappen to convert a pole once again ahead of Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton rounding out the podium spots. I'm going to Sergio Perez, P4. I'm going Charles Leclerc, P5. I think it's just going to be one of them poor weekends for, for Bottas. Something a little bit like Baku, but not as bad, if that makes sense. I think he'll be sort of like it was in Imola. Shock. If if, if I was to make uh, this a video, you'd, you'd see my face. As soon as, it, as soon as Harvey said Lando, my... My jaw dropped to probably my desk, which is quite, which is quite a long way down, to be fair. Um, but well, but if that could be that could be tasty if that does come to fruition. But for, for my race uh, predictions, I've gone with Max Verstappen to convert pole position. That's probably most likely a given. I've stuck with Lewis Hamilton to get P two. I think Sergio Perez. If, if Bottas does qualify P3, I think Sergio Perez will bring the fight to Bottas and will eventually get an overtake on Bottas with the tyre preservation king um, reigning supreme around uh, the Red Bull ring and getting uh, another podium for Red Bull. I've relegated Bottas down to P4 and I've gone with Lando Norris to get P5. Mr. Consistent, I think he'll, I think he'll break into the top five and relegate uh, Charlie Leclerc uh, down the order. But that's essentially our predictions done. The Austrian Grand Prix is is set. The final of a the final race of a triple header before we have a week break. I mean, a bit a bit, a bit of a sad sight for for me potentially. A bit of happiness, a bit of relief that we that you don't have to do as much as much work for a week. You get you get to have a bit of a break. But that's our predictions done. That's all the time. That's all we have time for in this episode of On the Grid, episode eight. We're closing in on episode ten. 
thank you, Harvey, for joining me once more. And we'll see you uh, after the Austrian Grand Prix. Thank you and goodbye.